Welcome to our latest Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I am Jolie Walker and it is great as always to have you with us. Our guest this time first started blogging about skincare over a decade ago and has come to be known globally as a source of straight-talking beauty advice. Hi everyone, I'm Caroline Hirons. I have been told to say that I am a best-selling skincare author and a skincare expert and things of that nature. <laughs> Caroline's book, Skincare, The Ultimate No-Nonsense Guide, launched last year and fast became the best-selling beauty title of all time. But the advice on offer is always sensible and down to earth. Every day I'm like, okay, what are we doing today? Oh, the eyes look like two piss holes in the snow. Let's focus on that, <laughs> shall we? Or, you know, or, oh, we're flaking. How lovely. That's lovely. You look like you have a bogey, but it's actually just a piece of skin. Her career as the nation's straight-talking skinfluencer has seen her accumulate hundreds of thousand followers and fans across social media, including over 100,000 members in her Skincare Freaks group on Facebook whom she refers to affectionately as The Freaks. And she said it all started with a piece of down-to-earth advice from her mum. The first thing my mum said to me was, OK, you can wear makeup, but you have to learn how to wash your face properly. So Good it was, advice. I mean, she pretty much kick-started the whole brand. As always, there are loads of brilliant tips in this episode. But because Caroline's area of expertise is all things skincare, that is what we're focused on for the whole chat. Don't overdo it. We, as an industry, have bombarded people with products in terms of you absolutely have to have a vitamin C, a, a retinoid, a niacinamide, an azelaic acid, a hyaluronic acid, a glycolic. And actually, you don't. Find what works, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This week sees the launch of Caroline's House of Hirons event and Hall of Fame kits, including three collections of 21 tried, tested, and loved skincare products. So it is the perfect time to catch up with her for a chat. Welcome, Caroline. How are you today? I'm very stressed, as normal. How are you, lovely? Oh, no. Why are you stressed? Just, you know, things going on and house things falling apart and busy and work and Hall of Fame things. It's good. It's all fine. It's just, uh, it's not like, you know, when you're like good, busy, today is a, is kind of... Um, busy, busy. Frustratingly busy. But well, not for you. you've got a lot going on. I've locked you've got doors. a lot coming up. I've locked the doors. Everything's cool. I am all yours. Oh, I like it. Well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us again. And this is a very special episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. So, of course, we couldn't have you on without going all in on skincare. So we are deviating slightly from our usual five pieces of beauty advice, and we're focusing solely on skincare today. Uh, so no doubt everyone listening will already know that you are the absolute go-to when it comes to honest, no-bullshit, straight-talking skincare advice. But in terms of your own routine at the moment, tell us, like, what are you doing? What are you testing? Have you switched things up for autumn? What do we need to know? I have, actually. I mean, I, it's strange because when I say it to the guys in the office, they look at me really shocked, but I don't really use acid at the moment. There just comes a point when you're menopausal. Let's just jump straight into the M word. There just comes a point when you're menopausal where your skin does not tolerate what it used to tolerate in the way that your mind and mouth do not tolerate things either. But, <laughs> but with skincare... My face doesn't need as much acid as it used to. And I am trialing some retinols that are really good. And I, I'm getting enough exfoliation, frankly. So I'm doing a lot of um, just my usual, you know, cleansing, the odd serum. But really, I'm, because I'm testing retinols, I'm not really doing that much except moisturising and SPF and eye cream. I mean, you know, I'll have an eye cream in my coffin, frankly. But, <laughs> but I have dropped things like I'm not using acid daily. I mean, once a week, maybe at the moment, if I'm lucky or if my skin decides it needs it. 
And then, yeah, I don't really go for switching up to a really thick moisturizer. I just go for something that's just got a bit more weight in it. You know, I think the days of using grease, uh, we hopefully we left them behind in the 60s and 70s. Maybe <laughs> a little bit of the 80s sneaked in there, but I will definitely switch from something that's more sort of like a water gel base to a, a proper emulsion, which just has a bit more oil in it. But I don't immediately think, oh, I need to use everything that's thicker and richer and all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit of everything, but not as much as I have done in previous years, for sure. But you're just kind of listening to your skin then. You're not thinking, okay, it's autumn, I have to do this. You're thinking, okay, my skin needs this, so I'm going to do it. Exactly. Intuitive. Literally, it's very much like every day I'm like, okay, what are we doing today? Oh, the eyes look like two piss holes in the snow. Let's focus on that, (laughs) shall we? Or, you know, or, oh, we're flaking. How lovely. That's lovely. You look like you have a bogey, but it's actually just a piece of skin. How lovely. So that is, and that's just a slightly more moisturizer day. You know, so it depends. But yeah, you really should be checking your face the way that, you know, the way you would change your hair every day. You know, I mean, if you're really lucky and you get up and you can just leave the house without looking at your hair. I mean, I hate you, but well done. (laughs) But it's the same for your skin. You know, you look at your skin and you're like, okay, I've got a new spot. What's that related to? I've got X, Y, Z. My eyes are dark. You know, just go from there. And it's not to make a big drama out of it. It's just, you know, to sort of make your own little cocktail, I suppose. Like it. Always like a cocktail. (laughs) Um, So obviously we have to talk about the upcoming Hall of Fame. And I have been following the teaser posts on Insta. And obviously this is going to be huge, like huge, huge. Can you tell us at this point just about the Hall of Fame, both the products and the pop-up House of Hirons, so the weekender in London? Yeah, so we are, we have three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Halloween weekend, basically the 30th, 31st and 1st of November. We had 10 times as many people apply for tickets than we had tickets. Whoa. They, they, on paper, they were gone in like 20 seconds, but we broke Eventbrite. That was fun. I, I saw thought, that when you I was actually it. glad because I know it sounds awful. I don't mean I was glad that people were inconvenienced. I was glad to see it wasn't just us that have had struggles with the volume of people that we bring to sites because it's happened to us more than once. And each time we think, oh, we fixed it now, we're good. And then if we killed Eventbrite, that was lovely. I was like, oh, thank God it's not just us. So that sounds awful. But, and also, we, we, we you know, we, you have learnings when you do things like this. So we knew to do it in two drops because then if the first drop doesn't go to plan, you've got, first of all, people can't always buy tickets at the time you put them on sale so we we always had two drops planned and then funnily enough we had Eventbrite on the phone in between those two dates <laughs> right so we see the volume you're bringing um and it worked the second time around thank god oh good so we have the um house of hirons i did not pick that name i find it very entertaining the family find it very entertaining um <laughs> i love then, it and then the hall of fame are the kits so the kits will be on sale at the pop-up, but they will also be on sale at the shop outside. So we're having two shops, one inside for when we sort of finish your, sh- your session and on your way out. And then almost like being at a gig, you know, there's a merch stand as it were. And then another one that's external, but undercover, obviously, that people can just come along to and you don't need a ticket for that because we knew we would there would be demand. We kind of knew it would be as busy as it's turned out to be. So, you know, we've kind of, like I say, we've learned over past thing, over past events and things over the past few years. But we we have the external shop also, which will be selling the kits. And we will, I will be making all of the session speakers, except one who has to catch a flight, will also be popping out to say hello to people who are at the shop. So oh, it's nice. trying to 
make sure that even if you didn't get a ticket and you can't come in and see it all and you can't come in and experience the the actual session talks, at least they may get the chance if depending on what time they pop along, they may get the chance of meeting the people who are speaking. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds amazing. And not long now. So Halloween weekend in the diary. Yeah, I can't. In the diary. So stressful. (laughs) Oh no. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Terrifying. Okay, amazing. Let's jump in with your first piece of advice then. So Caroline, tell me, what is your first piece of skincare advice today? Well, my mum's first was, obviously, I think most people buy makeup before they buy skincare. And my first product, like a lot of women my age, was a bourgeois blush. I was in boots and I don't know why I bought a blush as opposed to like eyeshadow or mascara. I just thought, oh, I'll buy a blusher. They were cute and round and pink and, you know. And the first thing my mum said to me was, okay, you can wear makeup, but you have to learn how to wash your face properly. So Good it was, advice. I mean, she pretty much kick-started the whole brand, really, by saying that, because that became the backbone of everything we do. The, you know, the first blog post I ever wrote was cleansing massage when you're washing your face properly. And I ended up doing a blog because people weren't washing their face and it was distressful. They were on Twitter doing like endless chat about makeup and face wipes and I just couldn't take it anymore. So I started the blog. So face wipes inadvertently, along with my mum's advice, started the blog. And then you stepped in and you said, no, come on. But also I'll say, Caroline, that sometimes we we forget the most simple things. Either we forget or we might not know, but you forget the kind of basics. And that's like you say, you build your whole skincare routine on that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the amount of people and, and young women, especially these days who spend an hour doing their makeup but don't want to remove it properly and think that a packet of wipes by the side of the bed is going to be good enough when you get in and you're drunk and then wonder why their skin isn't good and then they buy a heavier foundation to hide their skin and they don't target what they're doing to their skin so it's that vicious circle so number one would definitely be wash your face (laughs) and wash it properly okay so what we're talking about what are your kind of favorite textures to wash wash your face with and what are you using at the moment it depends on uh, your age, your lifestyle. There's so many options, you know. If you if you are going to wash your face in the shower, which I don't do because I like the water fairly warm, and you know, like a light gel, that's fine, or a foaming but not foaming, like not not a stripping foam, just a foam maybe that foams through the me- mechanic the mechanics of the packaging, as it were. I like a cleansing milk. I like a cream. I'll use a balm if I'm taking off makeup and SPF in the evening, but. Pretty much cleansers are my wardrobe. I mean, I have more cleansers than anything else, for sure. Cleansing wardrobe. And also you mentioned then, Caroline, about your first ever blog post. So when you started the blog, what did you have in mind? Like, were you kind of straight to the kind of no-nonsense beauty? Is that what you wanted it all to be about? Or what was your kind of first instinct? I didn't really have one, because obviously the blog is 11, 11 and a half years old now. So it was very much... People were blogging at the time. It was all makeup or nails. Nails was huge when I started blogging. No one was doing skincare, certainly not doing skincare in isolation. You know, it was all, oh, there's a little bit of this. Kiehl's have got a new moisturizer. Whoopi-doo. It was that kind of thing. And so I think it was just the perfect storm for me. I didn't really plan it. I just saw that, you know, play to your strengths. I think I was old enough to play to my strengths and not try and be in with the in crowd because... I'm never going to be as young as the people who are younger than me. You know, I'm I'm one of the sort of, they call me like the godmother slash grandmother of blogging, mainly because I am now a grandmother. But in terms of, you know, being around from the early days, but being a bit older, a lot of the girls who blogged were in their early 20s and I wasn't. 
And also they, they had the time and the skill set to do either a perfect makeup, perfect smoky eye, perfect nails, all of it, you know, photographed beautifully. Whereas I was working full time, had four kids and would just sort of occasionally vomit words onto a page like, don't do that, do this. And it kind of took off. And then I obviously took it more seriously and thought, okay, maybe you should actually take a decent picture. Let's use an Instagram filter at least. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. There was never any plan. It was literally, I can't describe to you in 140 characters how to wash your face properly and cleanse and massage on Twitter. And a few of my girlfriends who were in the blogging world, who I'd also worked with in places like Space NK, just said, just do a blog. In those days, like everyone was doing it. And I literally signed up. It was like Google and it was blogspot.co.uk. You know, it was literally blogspot. And then eventually, you you know, you upgrade to WordPress. And I was terrified of upgrading because I just thought, oh, this is going to be way too technical for me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then it went from there. And yeah, and I, I just sort of realized my niche was I was older. I was qualified. I worked in the industry. I had good contacts. I could find out things for people. I've always been like customer services for skincare. You know, people would be like, I can't find this. Are they discontinuing it? So I would ask the brand and they'd be like, no, 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 it's just out of stock. And I'd be like, no, it's just out of stock. That kind of became my thing, which I think in hindsight, none of it was planned, but it certainly worked to my benefit because out of the group of us that were blogging then, there's only a couple of us left. It was always more important to me that the reader trusts me than a PR like me. You know, if I annoy a PR or a brand, that's not my problem. I'm just passing on to you either what your your customer says or what I think. And sometimes it was only if they asked me, but if they asked me, I'm not going to lie. What They're obviously asking me because they want my opinion. Yeah, but your whole business and brand is built on truth and just being authentic, right? It and is. that's very it important. Is. It is. And, you know, for a while it was easy for people to dismiss me as just being gobby, which I think is a sign of the times of where we've come in terms of just respecting women and their opinion. Anyway, I've totally digressed, but that's me, as you do. That's the, my train we of thought. We digress. We digress. Well, okay, tell me then. Second piece of advice. So when I did start buying makeup, my mother was adamant not to buy a foundation that was darker than my skin tone because I'm from up north and we like a tan up north, Jolie. We do. We like and, a tan uh, up north. But, her, you know, she was, my mum did makeup for like Rubenstein and stuff and she would just say, make sure your foundation matches your face and your skin. If you want to go darker, that's why bronzers are here. And so that was a very, that's something I've used relentlessly in my working life in terms of, you know, Space NK people come in and they pick up a foundation. And I'm like, mate, that's Laura Mercier. You are three shades lighter than that. And you try and tell them and they're so used to seeing it. And they're like, no, I just blend it down my neck. And I'm like, you're blending it because it's not the same color. Like, yes, you have to blend, but you don't blend it away. So it leaves a tiny bit of pigment that makes you look darker get a fake tan if you want to but match your foundation to your skin oh I did that though I was and also you wear more because you have to cover the areas <laughs> to cover whereas, everything yeah so it doesn't look ridiculous and I didn't really buy a foundation until I was much older anyway it was all I mean I don't even know how the stuff stuck to your skin in those days in the 80s we had like blue eyeshadow blue mascara pink blusher pale crystal lips Bring it back. <laughs> then I went through, oh, no, please don't. Then I went through a goth, sort of semi-goth. I couldn't really commit, but I did dye my hair black and crimp it. And I genuinely thought I'd given my mother a stroke. She was just like, "What? what's this in front of me? And she's always very, very supportive no matter what I do. But even that for her was like, okay, love. And I could see her thinking, please, God, let this be a phase. 
please let this be a phase. But um, mainly because I just left black dye everywhere. <laughs> all over the bathroom. Not because she's judging people. You know, we all have a bit of a crimped hair in the 80s. But it was just like, but your hair isn't black and it's too harsh. But, you know, eventually she said, okay, this is too harsh. This is not what you're supposed to look like. And you said about base makeup then. So what is your kind of approach to foundation or bases or, you know, face tints now? Um, I do. I like trying them I'm very lazy I don't have time to mix so if I find a color that suits me I go with it you know I mean I know all pro makeup artists would say most people are a mix of two colors if you find one color that works for you you'll probably find if you buy if you can afford it if you buy either shade either side then you've got one to sort of help you through the winter months and one to help you through the summer months where you don't have to jump up a whole shade because the the tones are always different as well. So just moving up a color doesn't mean you're going to move up a shade. You could move from a yellow undertone to a pink and completely look like an orange clown. So it's hard to, you know, always ask a pro. Test it on your hand, test it on your neck, test it on your cheek, ask a pro. And then I do a really good skincare base. You know, I do my skincare first and then I I do love a bit of foundation. But now nowadays I just apply it sort of across my cheeks and my nose where it's red because I'm older I don't really need anything on my forehead. It's pretty clear and just seems to have settled into its own sort of skin tone, which is random. But when I put foundation on my forehead, I can see it more than if I put it anywhere else in my body. It's bizarre. Not that I would be putting it on my feet, but you get my point. No, and, I, um, I, I think the same, though. I don't put foundation on my forehead. No, I don't. And when people, when I have my makeup done and they immediately go to the forehead, I think, oh, my God. Yeah. Don't bother. I'm with you. No but need. also as blondes, like if it goes, I mean, I've got very bad roots right now. <laughs> if it goes into that bit, then like you can kind of tell on me. Yeah, you don't want it in your roots. I mean, you know, blend away. And also to apply less, less is more with skincare and with makeup. You know, you don't want a big, thick glop of cream because it's not going to absorb. It's going to peel off your face. It's going to feel crap. And your makeup's not going to sit anyway. And then if you apply too much foundation, you look like a like a like a sort of mummified version of yourself. You know, we're supposed to have some colour and some tone and some sort of context to actually seeing skin, you know. Um, but I do embrace a concealer these days. I'm older. I love a concealer for around the eye, around the edge of the nose, you know, the odd bit of pigmentation that I can't get rid of. So foundation and concealer are always I go to. I love a by Terry powder. And it's always the ones that she discontinues. It's like she's torturing us on purpose. Oh, no. The worst when they discontinue your favourite. The CC one was just fantastic and they discontinued it. And I had to literally beg Space NK to send me the last two that they had. Have they actually discontinued it? No. Well, no, they've got, and they've got another one, but it was like a limited edition one that just suited my skin perfectly. And so now I just use it in very sort of, you know, like the odd bit of sparing bit down my nose or across my cheek just to have a little bit of powder. Yeah. Because also I'm older and I don't want to have a matte face. I say that, I would say that's a young person's game because when you're older and your face naturally goes matte, you want glow. (laughs) Glow, glow, glow. Glow is forever my end game. Glow all the way. Glow all the way. I'm not interested in matte. Glow all the way. And we will be right back with Caroline after this. Okay, Caroline, we are on to your third piece of advice. So tell me, number three. Number three was to moisturise your body as well, because a lot of people forget, they sort of think your moisturising and taking care of your skin stops at the base of your chin. Not only do they not do their neck, but they don't take it down their decollete, and they never would think of putting a body moisturiser on their limbs. Whereas if you, you know, if you shave your legs... Or even if you go for a wax, the first thing they do if you have a wax is to put a cream on afterwards. 
And so I remember vividly being very, very young because my mother and grandmother were both in the industry. And I remember my grandmother body moisturizing herself head to toe. She'd do her face, do a routine, and then she'd start on the body. And as she was doing, so funny now thinking about it, as she was doing her body moisturizer and her arms and her deodorant and stuff, she would do her like leg stretches. So she'd stand in front of me almost doing like a silly John Cleese walk, stretching her legs while enabling it to spread around her legs quicker. So stroke of genius, really, multitasking yeah. back even back in the day. Um, so, yeah, they both loved a good body moisturizer and that's something mum and I share. So if we have a few favorites and they're on offer, I'll call her and go, they're on offer. Do you want me to pick you up three? Like, oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Um, so moisturizing body for sure would be a very big one for me. I, I have to do it every single day. For sure. And, you know, I always call every it, single day. you know, tits and arms gets the expensive <laughs> one. And then waist and below gets my beloved Garnier, you know. Like it. That is good. Good tip. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to use... I love a fresh sugar lemon body, you know, body lotion. But I only use it on the arms and just across the top of my chest so I can smell it. I just want to smell it. I don't want it for its hydrating properties. It's very good. But if I use that all over my body, it'd be gone in a week. I'm cheap. I like it. I like this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, just tits and arms. And then and boobs and below gets my beloved body repair Garnier, the red one. Oh, all hail Garnier. Yeah. And then, you know, when it's like... Can't go wrong. Three quid in Sainsbury's, I'm like, fill the basket. Lovely. <laughs> That'll stock I, me up. I would love to see you walking around Sainsbury's just with nothing but the whole stock of that's, Garnier. That's been me before, for sure. You should see me in B&M. I'm like a woman possessed. Oh, don't make me go on a tangent about B&M because I'll never stop. Oh my God. B&M super size salon. Shampoo and conditioner. Lovely. Seven quid. Thanks very much. Okay, amazing. Let's go on to your fourth piece of advice then. So tell me. Do you know what? I kind of ran out of things that I was told because it was just, I didn't really, I wasn't really given the advice. It was just copying. So it was, you know, taking care of your skin is number one, you know, washing your face, making sure you moisturize your body. And then it was more copying. So the other one uh, the sort of links to it was making sure you take your makeup off every night. You know, so it's kind of the same but it doesn't really resonate with a lot of people. They think they can seep in it and, you know, and Charlotte Tilbury's confused everyone with her bedroom eyes for sure. So I, you know, the freaks group went crazy. I was just like, why is she sleeping? I'm like, she's not. She just puts black eyeliner on and mascara and let her do what she wants. It's not your marriage. Who cares? You know, but definitely cleansing properly. And I do it as the females in our family. We tend to get home and it's bra off, hair out the way, face off in that order. Even if I have shopping to unpack, I feel like I'm dressed and I want to be undressed for home the minute I get in. I don't understand people who, for example, are sitting watching TV at night with their dinner with their shoes on. I don't understand that. And Never. I don't understand and I don't understand people who sit with a full face of makeup on and their outdoor clothes. Because the minute I get in, I'm in comfy clothes, bra off, hair in a bun, makeup off, right, what we eating, what we watching. And I know it's me and people would be like, how dare you? I don't go to bed until 11 and I want my husband to see me looking immaculate. I don't. I want my retinol on my face, thanks. If I can do that from 4pm, all the better. Well, there you go. You're getting more out of your skincare as well. Exactly. Exactly. Also, I feel like I should live in your house. That's exactly what I do. That's my routine as soon as I walk through the door. Um, Bun up, bra off. Bun up, bra off, makeup off. And we're away. We're on Netflix. (laughs) Okay, let's go on to your fifth and final piece uh, of advice then. So my advice to people rather than advice I've received would be don't overdo it. 
and I know people, some people listening might think, yeah, but you're the one who started showing as your routine. And some days you'd be doing like six or seven things. But I know what I'm doing. And I say that with love. If I'm using six or seven things, there must be a reason. And that would include maybe one or two cleansers if it was nighttime, a night serum, a moisturizer, a lip balm. Like it would be a lot. It wouldn't be like I was using seven moisturizers, you know. Don't overdo it. You know, we as an industry have bombarded people with product in terms of you absolutely have to have a vitamin C, a, a retinoid, a niacinamide, an azelaic acid, a hyaluronic acid, a glycolic. And actually you don't. Find what works. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, don't be swayed by, oh, this miracle product will definitely do X, Y, Z. Especially if they haven't done like a clinical trial. And I don't mean like a user study. I don't care what Doris and Tunbridge Wells thought it did for her skin. I want to see what it does in a lab. <laughs> do you know what I mean, Jolie? I just want to see what it does in a lab. If it reacts that way in a lab and scientists have said, oh, actually, yeah, to be fair, we've tested this for X amount of weeks on X amount of skins and in vivo. And, you know, then I'll listen. If it's 15%, you know, 85% of users found that this brightened their skin. Well, if that user is only six people, so what, four people thought it worked and two didn't. What, that's a resounding endorsement for me. No. You know, so I'm kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, if you're happy with your skin, when people say, well, my skin's okay, but I really want to get going. I'm like, well, if your skin's okay, then just stick with what you know. Or maybe, maybe just upgrade a serum a little bit. Just make sure you've added in an SPF. Don't go crazy. I love that in your book as well, though. Like, I think it's in the start when it's like, if you're perfectly happy with your skin, this is for you. If you want a few updates, yeah. then here if they are. If you're happy with your skin, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Doris on Kiehl's or Chanel or whoever. You know, I always give people random names. Do what works for your skin. And if you know that you're not going to, because a lot of people, like my most hated term, not just skincare in work, in skincare, in, in customer service, which I've been doing for years, obviously, is can't be bothered. So when my kids used to say, like my youngest would say, I can't be bothered to do my homework. I'd go, oh, you're tired. And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd go, oh, do you know when I was tired? And he'd go, oh my God. Yes, I know. You were tired when I was overdue and they cut you open to get me out. And then you had to breastfeed me. And then yeah, blah, blah, blah. You were tired. Okay, I'll do my homework. <laughs> I'm literally like, thank you so much. Don't say can't be bothered in front of me because I don't stop. You know, I'm a workaholic. And when I stop, I stop. Like I'll stop to watch Succession. I'll stop oh, to watch yes. Ted Lasso. But I'm still on my phone. I'm probably still working. So this, you know, when people say oh, it's so important to have work-life balance, I think, oh, shut up. You know, everyone should do what they want to do. I love working. I have two lives. I work and I have my family. And that's it. Social-wise, always tends to end up wrapped up with work. Unless I'm going to see like Duran Duran with my bestie. That's different. But I'm very happy with what I do. It's clearly working well. Please stop telling me that I should only look at my phone after 10 a.m. and not after 5 p.m. And I just think you clearly do not run a business or you're in denial. <laughs> there you go, Carol. Well, I've actually got a very lighthearted question to finish on, which is about your biggest beauty blunder. Probably talking so openly on a podcast of <laughs> Grazia. No. <laughs> Um, Tell me, you've, I mean, have you had any throughout the yeah, year? Yeah, I've had some bad haircuts. Yeah, I've done the blue eyeshadow in the 80s. That wasn't pleasant. Dyeing my hair black and crimping it is probably number one. And that, again, you know, I hung out with goss, but it just doesn't suit my skin tone, Jolie. I just didn't, I couldn't carry it off. To be honest, I would have liked to see the black crimps. I would have been awful. I, I will find a picture. It Please would be do. very entertaining. Please do. Or we can put it on here. <laughs> On that note, Caroline, thank you so much. It's been brilliant. 
Huge thanks to Caroline Hirons. As always, it is brilliant to speak with her. Just to say, if you have enjoyed this episode, please recommend Grazia Beauty Life Lessons to friends. Word of mouth and recommendations really is the best way for us to reach new audiences. Take care and bye for now.